HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This program is brought to you by Chefs Collaborative, a nonprofit with a mission to inspire, educate, and celebrate chefs and food professionals building a better food system. Change menus, change lives. Learn more at chefscollaborative.org. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. to the Grape Nation, your weekly wine journey. Our guest is Marissa Ross, author of the new book, Wine All the Time, The Casual Guide to Confident Drinking. We'll talk to Marissa about the book, understanding, enjoying, and drinking more wine. We'll taste a sparkler, I'm not going to say what, to celebrate Marissa's new book for our weekly wine sip. I'm your host, Sam Ben Ruby. Stay with us for the Grape Nation on the Heritage Radio Network. We bring wine to the people. All right. Marissa Ross is a self-proclaimed leisure enthusiast, of course, from Southern California. (laughs) She is a writer, award-winning blogger, humorist, and the wine columnist for Bon Appetit magazine. Marissa has written for Savor, Elle, Man Repeller, Pitchfork, and Vice Munchies. Her new book, Wine All the Time... A Casual Guide to Confident Drinking was just released this week. Yeah. Technically tomorrow, <laughs> Wednesday? Um, uh, technically Tuesday. Tuesday. So and this is yesterday. Tuesday, but we'll be on uh, <laughs> Wednesday. All right. Welcome to the show, Marissa. Very excited to have you on. I've Thank been you. a fan, fanboy, a <laughs> fan and a follower of yours, and when the book came to fruition. I thought it'd be great to have you on. Well, thank you so much for having me. So for you to frame who you are to our listeners, <laughs> I want you to give us a little background about your journey in life and wine 
that got you to where you are, which is publishing and promoting a book. But let's talk about the wine part when we talk about the book. But you have an interesting background. I want people to know about that. Yeah, so I... um I dropped out of college and moved to L.A. Um, I'm from Southern California, so it wasn't too far. Um, And I moved to Los Angeles to pursue a career in comedy. I wanted to be a comedy writer and actor. And, you know, I did a lot of storytelling shows and all these things. And I had a personal blog that was, I guess, kind of my attempt at, like, Seinfeldian humor, being like, oh, like, if I can make fun of my everyday life... I can make comedy. Non-wine related. Non-wine related at that point. But there was a lot of wine involved because I would just drink wine while writing it. Right. So I became kind of known for being this wino comedy person. And then um, my love of wine, I guess, took over. (laughs) It was such a part of the writing in your life then. Yeah, it was a huge part of my my life. And I started this wine um, comedy web series called Wine Time where I would review wines under $10. And after uh, after ten of those, I realized that all wines under ten dollars from the grocery store pretty much taste the same. And so I started a website called Wine All the Time that no one read. That was just my reviews of wine um, and my exploration of those. And it was sort of my uh, self education for you know five years or and so. And at that time, you were drinking crappy two yeah. buck chuck, but you were evolving <laughs> to the ten dollars. Exactly. Threshold, right? Yeah. Well, by the time I started wine all the time, I had be- I had been drinking a little bit better. Um, I was drinking more like yeah, like ten dollar wines or above but, that. <laughs> but there's a little more going on there. You had a job. I had a job. I had like you three had jobs. Cool, what was your coolest job? Um, I was Mindy Kaling's personal assistant for five years. So Which that is was a long time for any job yeah or four like and a, a half years yeah, yeah. it's a, it was a long time it was a it was a very interesting but like during that time I also was you know I just I was one of those people that just had three jobs from the moment I moved to Los Angeles just to stay alive so you know I was walking dogs and I worked in a Nocarina factory and like I did all this weird shit and just to try to make it in comedy and now now I write about wine <laughs> so did that so you got to Mindy because you were interested in humor yeah and comedy so that was a cool job you figure yeah. Did being with her shape your thinking at all or give you direction? De- definitely. I mean, it was interesting because I wasn't really with her very often. Like, I was her personal assistant. so Taking I was dry cleaning. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was, um, I was at her house most of the time. But, you know, she kind of – she really shaped me in terms of um, – I mean, I always had, I think, a strong work ethic. Like, I've always been a hustler and just really, have, I, I feel, have worked hard. Um, but she kind of showed me how hard you have to work in order to make it in Hollywood. And I was like, holy shit, this is, this is going to be a lot of work. And I was okay with that. But So it's funny. Somebody who's incredibly funny, yeah. clever... Doesn't teach you the humor part, but the <laughs> ethics of what she, you really have well, to she's do. Well, she's a she's an incredible writer. I don't yeah. think I don't. I mean, she's an absolute comedy genius. I don't know if she. I mean, I know that people know that, but I don't think people realize that how. I, I've never met anyone that can just transform a beautiful. She's a beautiful mind. <laughs> so in those four and a half years, you had started wine all the time, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So during that period of time, you're working and working on the blog. I was working and I was writing comedy scripts at the time. I was um, I had started like actually trying to sell pilots and was writing a lot of comedy. How'd that go? <laughs> well, obviously it went great considering <laughs> I'm not a comedy writer and I never right. sold a pilot. Um, but you know, I was doing the meetings and I was doing I was doing everything I thought I needed to do to be a success in comedy. And then what I, what would happen is at night 
the way that I would release my release myself. That sounds a little like I'm jerking off. Maybe I was too. But um, anyways, uh, moving forward, <laughs> um, I would to relax basically I, and get my mind off of things. I would just open a bottle of wine and write about it, and that was how I dealt with my not dealt with my life. That sounds like alcoholism, but that's how I ended my day. Well, <laughs> but it's funny because. You didn't really know any better early on. You just knew that there was wine out there. You can get it for a few bucks. You'd get a buzz. Yeah. I mean, was it as simple as that? I mean, I mean, did yes, you know that you like you talk about in the book? Your dad was, you know, <laughs> the classic California Cabernet guy yeah. at the barbecue. So you were exposed to that. I was a exposed little. to it. Yeah, but I, you couldn't afford it. And yeah, and for me, I mean, I really, I, I, I think that. It was it was like a cheap way to get a buzz, but also too for me it did represent, um, you know. I mean, this was when I started drinking wine. It was like in the middle of you know it was like 2008, I guess. So it was like right around the time when our recession was you know going on, and um, it in a weird way kind of reminded me of like happier, better times. Like it was so it was more than just a buzz because it was like oh there there was a memory of happier moments in life when I wasn't like right. living in a shoebox with like a heroin addict in, in Los Angeles. <laughs> so when, so you're working with Mindy, you're writing the blog, I guess two quick questions. When, when do you leave what year Mindy and when do you focus on the blog and that sort of becomes your life? Like, Hey, how do I figure this out? You know, it, it didn't really happen that way, which is what I think what makes people really mad. I think that I'm a not lot, mad. thank you. I'm, I'm more I'm, curious. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people are like, she just showed up overnight, which is kind no, of true. No, that but, wasn't the intent but, of my question. No, 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 I know, no, 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 no. But uh, so the timeline of it was crazy because I didn't really start focusing on wine until, uh, I mean, fully right. until after um, in two thousand February of two thousand fifteen. So um, only a couple of years yeah. ago, hardcore, hardcore. Because right. what happened? Grub Street profiled me, and then it was like overnight. I went from like no one giving me the time of day in in Los Angeles to having all these um, literary agents and publishers read my. So Grub writing. Street is the online it's the site online. for New York Magazine. Yes. And they noticed all your fun and ramblings. Yeah. And they figured, hey, let's reach out to her and see what her story is. They publish a story, and yeah. that's what you allude to. Yeah. That got exposure for you. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, it is crazy. It, it was really crazy. I mean, it, it's not that I wasn't... What year was that? That was 2015. That, that was 2015. So February 2015. And then I quit Mindy in May of 2015. Okay. And I sold the book in June 2015. God. And then I got hired at Bon Appetit like, in December 2015. So it went from, you know, being this hobby that I really, really loved. And I did my, I actually haven't been able to really write on my blog the last like two years because, you know, I've I've been writing about wine elsewhere. So when you signed to do the book, you had the concept. I mean, had you written (laughs) like an in, you know, the contents or Um, it really, I mean, you had an idea. Yeah. 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 I I mean, I had to write a proposal. It wasn't like, it wasn't like a total fairy tale where it was like, well, yeah, I knew it wasn't that. No, I, uh, I put together a proposal and I was just like, okay, how can I take, I know that I know that I can't sell a book about my wine reviews. Like no one that's, I've already given that away for free. That's not what, what I can do, but what I can do, um, is show people that they can they can learn about wine too. Like I all right, taught so myself. Let, let's get into that. Now. Yeah, we're going to shift towards the book. All right, so this is sort of a setup question, <laughs> you know, and I guess it begs to be asked. Yeah, and it's how the hell or how the f 
<laughs> does someone with no formal wine experience and background have the balls to write a book telling people how to drink, understand, and enjoy wine? Um. And the reason I ask you that is because I know you have the right answer, and I want you to... It's because I do have the balls. That's part of it. <laughs> I mean, for yes? here, here's... I mean, quite frankly, I was offered an opportunity. I know, I know it's pretty arrogant of me, but I was offered an opportunity, and you got to keep in mind that I was picking up dry cleaning for four and a half years. <laughs> so I was like, "Fuck it!" Like, you know what? If I can teach myself all about wine, I can help other people learn about wine in a way that's more digestible and fun. And you know what? If if this is being offered to me because of my writing that I did for my heart and like my passion for it, fuck it, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's let's. You were do confident it. at the moment. You weren't like how. There was a little of how am I going to figure this out, but you of had course. a vision. Yeah, I had a vision, and I wanted to do it, and I and I said, "Fuck it, I'm going to do it." Like I'm, I'm going to do it. Like this is I I've been working my ass off. I've been trying so hard and in, in, to sell a show or like you know be in comedy, and I'd done every I'd right. done everything I was supposed to do, right? And that didn't get me anywhere. So this this was like, hey, the universe is offering me like a wonderful opportunity. I love wine. I can now focus on something I obviously really, really love. Like, it wasn't like I was loving writing comedy scripts at that point. You know, I was right. dredging through them, like, hating myself, um, trying to write new pilots. Like, you know, my agent being like, you need to write a, a <laughs> let's write a workplace comedy. And, like, I like what you did here, but maybe th- instead of having a female lead, let's have, like, two male protagonists and blah, 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 blah. And so then it's like, Marissa, do you want to write about this thing that you love so much that you do every night, like no matter how tired you are and it brings you so much joy. So I said, fuck yes. Like I'm going to, I'm, I have the balls to do this. Like it's an, I'm going to f- take this opportunity. And a couple things. It's very experiential, yes. obviously. Yes. And you said somewhere I picked up that, you know, it was the book you wish yeah. you had five years earlier. Yeah. It would have helped you in that period of wine drinking time. So totally. everyone should keep in mind it, 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 it's that type of book. It is that type of book. It's for, it's, it's, I think that if you know a lot about wine, you may find it still humorous and like fun to well, read. Well, let, let's, but. let's talk about the book. So there's a lot of how to in the book. Yep. Um, <laughs> but you know, I read the book and I think the difference is it's got a lot of heart. It's a very contemporary view. Um, and there's a sense of humor that you don't find in wine. Wine could be very nerdy and technical. I was like, what's this guy talking about? You know, forest floor, you know. So it, it, it the book really talks about, you know, your journey in wine. I mean, it shows yeah. how you evolve. You talk about in the beginning and the end. So now let's talk about your evolution, you know, in wine. So you got into, we talked about it a little. You got yeah. into wine sort of on your own while you were working. Yeah. But how did it progress? I mean, there was more of a progression than what we talked about. Yes. So what happened was, is, so I was doing these wine reviews and, and on video for fun. Like, and you know, I was just, I took it very seriously because the thing about comedy is the what makes comedy funny is that the person performing it is taking themselves seriously like bill murray for example in caddyshack like the reason he's like it's so funny that he's trying to kill that gopher is because he's genuinely trying to do it you know right so when i when i when i was doing these wine reviews i was genuinely doing the wine reviews and and really but coming from a like i said i had no no experience in it but then i realized i as i started drinking other wines i realized i really just enjoyed um, finding those things in a wine. And as a writer and as a creative, I just felt that these bottles were kind of telling me a story in a way and like were giving me sort of like, I sort of think of them as like, of, like if um, 
like like a vase to fill, you know, like they were kind of giving me a medium in order for me to be creative and write. And I just, I, I just love them. And as I started, you know, buying wines from like wine shops rather than the grocery but store. There, where were the influences? There had to be a couple of people that said, you got to try this. You got to pay a little um, more. Yeah. Well, no, what, what happened was, is no one ever said that to me, but what happened? No, no it, it was Corey Cartwright who, um, um, is the, uh, co-founder of Selection Massal. Great line of wines. Wonderful wines. He started following me on Twitter. And I was like, huh, this importer. I'm like, all right, like, this is weird because I just think I'm being So fun. the relationship started on Twitter. Kind of, yeah. And not then in I, a wine store, not well, then an introduction. I went, yeah, but that came Twitter, later. yeah. And then I went to, a, I went to um, a tasting of his at Domain LA in Los Angeles. Did that open your eyes? Yes. And then that was like when I was like, holy shit, wines can taste like this. This is incredible. And so I then started seeking things out and I started going to tastings regularly. And Did just, you know of or anything about some of those wines or you just weren't thinking about it? No. Oh, so that was really your first foray into it. Yeah. And that's crazy. Yeah. I just, well, to me, I just loved how they tasted and I just wanted to talk about it. I just wanted to. And then, then as I started writing about these wines, you know, I would start, cause then I started taking it more seriously because I loved the wines. They weren't, they weren't jokes to me, you know, like it wasn't, it, it wasn't a $2 wine that I wanted to like, you know, call like trash juice from Jesus or whatever, right. you know, like whatever. Um, so then as I started taking the bottles more seriously because I actually enjoyed them and loved them, I started doing a lot of research and reading and, and it just was that a little obsessive? Like, yeah, you just spent a lot, all your time yeah. boning up on this, learning well, more, I didn't, but a real curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for every bottle I opened, I would just research it for, you know, I I'd drink it and I'd, and I'd be like, why does it taste this way? And then, you know, you find out about Brett or like whatever, and you just get deeper and deeper and deeper and then it, yeah, it was obsessive. It still does, is obsessive. Does your interest and awareness sort of increase your presence on social media or your blogging? I mean, does it get you enthusiastic? Yeah, it's, I would say so. I mean, I just, uh, yeah. So there was an upturn in, you know, what you were doing. Yes, yeah. I mean, there was definitely a shift. I didn't mean for there to be a shift. Yeah. But, but it definitely, like... People, it, it was a natural thing. Yeah, people started being more like... More wine, good wine, more excited. Yeah, 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 I couldn't help it. And it just... Especially, yeah, as I, and then once I got into natural wines, I just would. I, I, well, I want to talk about natural yeah. wines in a few minutes, but let me ask you this. I mean, I, I, like I said, I read the book. I think anyone can benefit from this book. Well, I thank think you. It's a, you know, a real primer. But because I have you here, <laughs> I want to know if your intention or in the back of your mind is this a book that was skewed towards millennials? Necessarily, not necessarily. Um, I'm sure it is skewed towards millennials, but I don't know if that was necessarily. Um, that wasn't a conscious thought of mine. Right. I just, I just sort of. I mean, for me, I just thought about. That's your style, though. Yeah, it's my style of writing. Because you are. Yeah, because I'm a. Yeah. I'm a millennial. Right. Whoops. I, <laughs> right. was, I was born in right. that time that everyone hates now. Right. Um, well, don't say that. <laughs> hey, have you not read any? But but the re- you said that, and I guess a fair question is. You know, we're both pretty tuned into wine. How do you think millennials have sort of changed, you know, wine? I I, I mean, I I can answer that. I want to hear what you think. There definitely, there's a presence in the wine world with millennials, their habits, their likes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. 
actually. I, I mean, I don't really know how they... I, 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 I see these, you know, statistics of, like, millennials are drinking more wine than ever, but I also think that those statistics are skewed because there's more wine available in the United States than there ever has been before, and True. our wine culture is very young and compared to most of Europe right. and things like that, so I don't really... I don't know. I, I, I think that... I think there's a. I think that I think that the millennial wine thing. I, I have a lot of thoughts about it that go. I don't know. It's I think just, price is an issue. I, I don't think, think they want to spend a ton of money. I think you um, sincerely sort of you know indicated that. I think attention span. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, and I also think maybe there's more of an interest and focus towards natural wines. I think so too. You know, which is a good thing for everything. Yeah. You know, we'll talk about that. But in the book. There's a lot of stuff. There's a wine glossary, how wine is made. I mean, you really get into, you know, the cool stuff that rounds out um, the book. Tasting, buying, entertaining. You talk about varietals, regions, and all of that. Um, but there's a hilarious chapter towards the end of the book called Drinking Wine in the Real, War- Real, War- Real World. Hard to say that five times yeah. fast. Talk to me a little about that chapter because there's like 20, 30 subsections. <laughs> You know, what to bring to your parents, how to drink, you know, with your aunt. Yeah. I just, well, that, I, guess, I guess that was, um, that was what I kind of, that's my writing style. It, it, that's like well, where yeah. I actually got to like kind of be more of the comedic side of me and just sort of poke fun at um, wine, the wine culture that surrounded me. Not necessarily wine culture in the broader sense, but, you know, how I drink wine. And I, I guess this goes back to your millennial question, like, you know. How do how do you drink wine? How do you deal with your family? Like how do you sneak wine into a concert or do whatever? Um, and sort of just applying it to how I drink wine and saying, hey, like if I'm drinking wine this way, I'm sure that there's lots of other people that are. And also to a lot of that, like the stuff for families and um, drinking with like your boss and things like that. Those actually a lot of that was also inspired by like readers of mine that would like write me questions, being like, how do I, you know, how like. I got this question so many times. It's in the book where someone was like, what wine won't make me freak out at family functions? I'm like, dude, you're not, it's not the wine. You mean from the alcohol yeah, or yeah, sulfates yeah, exactly. or red versus yeah, I'm like, wine? I'm like, you I mean, just are worried about that? Yeah, well, no, it's just like, obviously, like, you just fight with your family. Like, don't drink. Like, you obviously have, like, you obviously have, like, issues with your family. It's not the wine that's causing those issues. Like, go to a fucking therapist. Like, right. Like, but, yeah. so, so the, so the, that chapter was really fun to write and I just kind of, What was nice is after a ton of information and not bombarding, but, you know, it's nice to like, all right, let's sit down and what do we do with this? And it's it's very funny and extensive. And, you know, that's why I think the book is good. One of the things you devote, uh, one of the chapters you devote to is natural wines. Yes. And to me, it stood out because I know you a little from following you on social media that you're a natural wine drinker and... Um, there's some good stuff out there. So you wrote this chapter. It wasn't overbearing. It was very, uh, you know, descriptive and everything. But let's talk about natural wines. I mean, how they're very important to you. Yes. I think <laughs> the concept is important, sustainable yes. farming, you know, natural wines. I think people, and you brought this point up, and you'll extend the point, but people just look at food like it's crazy organic, yeah. and then wine, they'll drink just any crap. It's be, so talk to me, you know, give me your sort of view on natural wines. So I, I think, well, to, to speak to your point about, like, food versus alcohol, I think that there's a real issue with um, American culture and our relationship to alcohol, and the reason that people do not look at 
uh, like wine is an agricultural product is because we stronghold people into like not drinking until they're 21 and then we release them into college where they're binge drinking and not thinking about what stigmatized yeah exactly and and so you're we're developing these habits in people that cause them to like binge drink and not think about it because they're doing it to get drunk and have a good time and like they're in college and partying right so they don't have to think about wine as an agricultural you doing that a little i didn't i didn't go to college and actually i just (laughs) smoked a shit ton of weed in college (laughs) like the the time the time that i was quote unquote in college all right i didn't mean to divert (laughs) no 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 so um i think so i think that that's a huge thing is like just kind of bringing that to people's attention that hey like you know you can be at the farmer's market and be talking shit about like grocery store kale and then you go buy a bottle of Andre at the corner shop store that is those grapes that are in that bottle are made in the same ways that you're shaming the kale at, you know, at right. Kroger. So, and, and so there's this huge disconnect and I think it's really important to teach people about that and like whether or not they like natural wines, that's on, that's, you know, that's their own thing. But I think that people but need what's- to what's to like about them i mean for me i just love how they taste but but why i mean you're sometimes you're very descriptive and not a lot of words you know sometimes a picture you know tells a story it goes deeper than that they're delicious they are no 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 yeah i guess but there's a whole karma to it to you yes there is um i i genuinely believe especially now with um our our current administration trying to just like uh burn our world to the ground and like get rid of our EPA and all these things. I think um, it's extremely important for us to be focused on growing, you know, being kinder to the earth, um, not using as many chemicals. I know there's a whole argument for chemicals, but honestly, like we haven't had like long-term studies on a lot of the chemicals that are being used. We don't know what they're doing to the land or to the consumer um, in a real way, I don't think. Um, And that's scary to me. I also just think that I, I think that it's just better for it's better for the environment, in turn better for the consumer, and also just better for small business. I, I, right. It, I, I just saw because a lot of natural wine producers are yeah. smaller guys and supporting yeah. guys who do sustainable farming and low intervention, no intervention. Yeah. Farming. Well, and also too, like those people. I mean, it's it's important to support those people, especially because they're penalized. You know, like if you think about like chemical farming versus non-chemical farming, why are we charging the, the farmer that does nothing to his land, like thousands and thousands of dollars to be, you know, to be able to write that he write or to be able to write that he has like organic grapes on his label. Whereas like the person that's adding hundreds of additives in herbicides, pesticides, all sorts of shit, they, you don't have to say anything about that and you're right. not. So it's like you're incentivizing. You're also incentivizing these corporations to use these chemicals. And there's these small guys out there that are putting their heart and soul and like mortgaging their homes and these putting everything on the line for to do things the right way. And I think it's really, really important to support them. I, I agree with that on a scale of one to five. Where do you think natural wine is perception-wise? Now, put that in the context of you go to a cool restaurant, there's a lot of wines. You go to a big fancy restaurant, there's not. You go to a cool wine store, there's a lot of wines. You go to a big wine store, there's not. I mean, I I know it's making headway, but where do you think we're at? I think that we're at like a two. Infancy. Yeah, I think, I mean, maybe a 2.5. Yeah. I think we're halfway there. I I don't know if natural wine will ever... um, 
be entirely mainstream. I just don't think that. I, I also think that um, a lot. It may not. It may not. And it that, may and, have its niche and grow as a niche. Yeah, and and that's okay too. You know, I also think that there's a lot of things like you know we, especially in America, we are like the Coca-Cola consumer. We're <laughs> used to very very sweet things, um, yeah. which. Um, you know, natural wines are not that usually. Um, so I think I think we're like halfway there, and you know, we we may make it to a three or a four. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. As it currently stands in like the environment right now, especially as I was talking about, like financially, it's going to be really, really hard to yes to break. That'll, that well, won't. Yeah, promote or enhance any you know speed to the yeah. Interest. Also, too, like the 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 amount of wine these people are producing is so small. You know that it's it's going to be it'll be hard to you know have it be super super huge without without more or at least without more people making it and right. being able to sell it in that we need to buy it. So one last question on natural wines, and then we'll move on. There's an inconsistency to natural wines because of <laughs> the nature of the way they're made, yes. vintage to vintage, grape to grape. That I accept. Is there an inconsistency in quality? Do you find it? Like, you know, yeah. forget the vintage, but no, no, no. one year it's good, another year it's yeah. shit. And like, why is this terrible? I mean, there's definitely an inconsistency. Is in that a knock to them? They need to get better at that? I don't, I don't know if it's a knock. I think it's because uh, there ain't no inconsistency. Consistency to like Kendall Jackson Chardonnay. Uh, well, exactly. I mean, that's a formula. Another yeah, exactly. story. That's, yeah, that's a formula. And it I works think, for them. I think it's. I think that natural wine is just really hard. You know, like I. I don't want to knock them. Also, too though, but there's people now that are just like making natural wine because it's cool and like fuck off. Like if you're just doing it to be like, I, I see natural wine like like any other wine. Like there's shit wines and there's good ones and there's people that that's are doing the reality. It. Yeah, that's I mean, reality. I agree it's, with it's, you. It's, with it's the same. There's with a little everything. more to it that can affect it, but you, yeah, you're right about it's, that. It's, there's, there's people that make good wine and people that don't make good wine. Just like there's people that make like good clothes or good food or whatever, and then right. there's shit of all that stuff too. Right. So I don't think it's fair. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. All right, I want to ask you a couple more questions, then we're going to take a break, and I'm going to subject you to our wine list, and yes. then we're going to taste a little wine. <laughs> uh, first the two questions. Do women get a fair shake in wine? Wine world, wine biz, wine perception? Um, I can only speak... To, you know, it's really interesting because since my now professional uh, foray into wine has been basically from my couch. You know, like I, I, I sold a book and I had to become like a, nobody bugging you there. Yeah. No one was bugging me there, but I will say that personally, um, I, I don't think that women get a fair, uh, you see it and feel it. I see it and feel Still. it now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you'll on the book tour, you'll oh, I gauge mean, other things. Well, once I was able to leave my house at, <laughs> because I took on a full-time job while also writing a, a book, um, I, I encountered a lot of I, I encounter a lot of aggression from both men and women. Um, people, you bring up a good point because I either saw it in a quote or the book from women too. Yeah, but it, it, you know, women can usually, be as effed up towards other women. Oh yeah, that's not the brunt of the problem, but that one exists. that one that, that yeah. exists too. I mean, so I can only speak from my own personal experience, but like, I don't think that anyone would be calling it cute if a man wrote a book and that's whatever. Like, that's what men right. say about me. Like, oh, it's really cute that she wrote a book. It's not fucking right. cute. It took me, you know, a year and a half of slaving, writing sixteen hours a day. You think that's fucking cute, motherfucker? Like, that's right. Like, that's not cute. Or, you know, people, I, I think that... It's like I, going to Hillary Clinton and saying, your hair looks beautiful today. Yeah. Just because she's a woman. Oh, no. Well, I you, get know, that sh- you know, let's not get started. Yeah, we don't it. have to do that. But, I mean, I think that women are... I think that we are 
judged um, and we are minimalized and we are dramatized more than men are. I think I don't think that Agreed. anyone would, I don't think anyone would be calling it arrogant if a man who didn't really Agreed. have a, 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 a thing with wine wrote a book about it. They'd be like, oh, he's ambitious. But me, right. they're like, she's arrogant. The adjectives are unbelievable. Yeah. So what's what's a fair way to move forward? Just put your head down. Do what you do. Be passionate about it. Work through all of that. I mean, it's me personally, there. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have a lot. I think I have a lot to overcome in terms of like what people, what men in the and women in the industry and outside of the industry think about me. Screw they, them, though. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the the thing is, is my all I can do is like continue to be better, promote great wines, um, and honestly, at the end of the day, like if. What matters to me is that, like, my favorite winemakers know where my heart is, and they know that I'm working on behalf of them, and I'm doing my best, and that's all I can do. That's it. And um, You yeah. stay the course, keep your passion level high. Yeah. Do, I'm not going to let do anyone... What you, do what you want to do. Exactly. I agree with that. All right. Last question, and then we're going to break and do the wine list. You... I'm proclaiming you. I mean, you're a social media star. I oh, mean, that's that, so funny. That's how I came across <laughs> you. I mean, you could put that. You yeah. know, I, I would... And correct me on this. I would say social media helped launch, yeah. you know, who you are. Absolutely. So tell me, and there's a bigger effect on wine. How has social media affected wine and how has it affected you? I mean, what are oh, the... Man. Because think about this. Yeah. 10 years, 20 years ago when this stuff didn't exist? I think it's both good and bad. Like, I think that one, I think it's great because... Um, I can I can promote natural wines and the wines I love and things like that and that's great. It's getting more exposure to people that maybe wouldn't know about these wines and not necessarily that they can find that exact bottle, but like if they go to their wine shop and ask for something like that, then maybe they'll get you know another producer things like that. I think it's great in those ways. I also think it's kind of bad because it kind of creates these like wine trends where it's like with natural wine in particular. There's good and bad discovery. Yeah, exactly. And like, or it becomes a thing where it's like, oh, if this bar has it, we have to have it too. And like, oh, if this person's Instagramming it, we have to have it It's almost like wine scores. Oh, it's 98. I have to get it. Totally. Nothing to do with, nothing to do with real. Is it any good or not? Do you like it? Yeah. And for me personally, social media, I mean, we kind of spoke about this before, but you know, it's, it's um, it's one of those things where it it it, it annoys me. I th- I know that people. I mean, I do enjoy it to some degree, but it's also very annoying because, uh, you know, if you post a picture of a bottle, like no one cares. Like not, that doesn't matter. It's like it has to be like something like aesthetically pleasing, and it has to. Or like you I have, lying in your bed last night in your underwear. I took that down. I was drunk last night. You took it down. I definitely took it down. I'm I was glad like, oh I looked God. at it ten times oh my God. before you took it down. I definitely was like, oh man, I should not have. Did had you really it. do that in a moment? But yeah. that's who you are. Yeah, and I yeah. love that about you. I and nobody's of, nobody didn't unexpect that. Okay, I didn't do, I know, I, it's so funny you took. Oh, I, I, I took it down this morning. That's I had like, hey, I'm trying to sell a book here. No, I was like oh my god Marissa like you should not have had that many That's glasses of funny. sherry like you're an idiot like why did you That's do that so I mean because sometimes you're just I'm like glad okay. I snagged you on oh that. my god yeah I can't believe you I'm all, I mean 850 people I'm saw telling it. you you're a social media star god. I'm one of your fanboys you that's know. great well but see but that's like the bad thing that's like the, that's no like, it's not it's kind of bad because then I'm because no it's no, sort of genuine and fits in for you it does you, but then it's why people think but no I'm but that you said myself. good and bad and and yes. you know that's there's a good to that and there's a bad there's a bad to that You'll deal with it. Yeah, well, I'll just delete it. So so we agree social media is sort of an important, you know. It is. Um, Yeah, it is important. But it's also, I think, I think it's also sometimes detrimental and also a really annoying responsibility on my end when I'm not drunk on sherry. 
Jerry, of all things. Watching forensic files. All right, so here's what we're doing. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're talking to, and I should have told you this a couple times before, we're talking to Marissa Ross. Marissa just wrote a brand-new book called Wine All the Time. Um, when we come back, we're going to subject Marissa to our wine list, and then I'm going to pop a little bubbly yes. to celebrate Marissa's book release and get her take on that wine. <laughs> so you're listening to The Grape Nation. We'll be right back. This program is brought to you by Chefs Collaborative, a national nonprofit network with a mission to inspire, educate, and celebrate chefs and food professionals building a better food system. Chefs Collaborative members work to make sustainable practices second nature for every chef in the United States. Chefs Collaborative was founded in 1993 by visionary chefs including Rick Bayless and Alice Waters who acknowledge the influential role of food professionals on our food choices, our collective personal health, the vitality of cultures, and the integrity of the global environment. Chefs Collaborative believes that the greater culinary community can be a catalyst for positive change by expanding the market for good food and helping to preserve local farming and fishing communities. Change menus, change lives. Learn more about Chefs Collaborative at chefscollaborative.org. All right, we're back. We're with Marissa Ross. Marissa. Thank God not. Go out and buy her new book, Wine All the Time. And towards the end of the show, we'll tell you exactly where and how to get it. All right, Marissa, I want you to answer our wine list. We ask our guests every week to answer a bunch of questions. We post them on our social media sites. I think people are interested in, you know, what you're going to say to these. All right, They're pretty basic questions. What are you drinking now? Like, what are you, not this second, I'm and like, not I'm last drinking, night. I'm like, you can see it's Pellegrino. But what, <laughs> is there a wine you're obsessing over or a region? Are you trying new things? I mean, I've what, been really into small lately. Small producers? Small. Is that how you pronounce it? I'm so bad at This is why I'm a writer, because I can't oh pronounce boy, it. Oh, boy. I don't know what you're talking about. The Spanish grape, it's S-U-M-O-L-L. Sumol. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sumol, yeah. It's wow. A, yeah, so I'm really into that. you were grape. making fun of me. No, no. No, okay. I'm small, too. No. So, <laughs> Spanish wine, the grape? Yeah, the grape. S-U-M-O-L-L. Yeah, okay. two L's. And it's, it was a grape that was primarily used for blending up until recently. Red? Yeah, it's a light red. It's almost like Gamay-ish. Which you love. Can you give me a producer? Do you remember any? Yes. So Partita Cruz does one. Partita Cruz, C R U Z. Uh, C R U E S. Cruz. Or E U S. Um, okay. One of the two. I'll, and then I'll also, um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but um, Fenica Pareda? I think it's like F I N E C A. Fenica. Yeah, Fenica Pareda. P A R E D A. And okay. I'm obsessed with theirs right now. They have one called Kronos that's. Kronos with a K or a C? With a K. And, and that's Sumol from Spain, yeah. and those are two. Okay. Yeah, and they're, oh my God, they're they're mind-blowing. Put All them right, in the that, fridge. See what I'm saying? I just gave you, we just dropped a little uh, hot tip on our <laughs> listeners. All right, next question. Favorite wine and food pairing? Something that you go back to, something you love? Oh man, I always get asked this, and I just like I don't, I, I don't, I don't put as much 
thought into food. You have a section in the book on I this. I know, I know I do. But if I'm personally, you know, like in my, in my, in my daily life, like I just want to like, I just want gamay and burritos. Okay. Like that's all I want. Okay. So, so yeah, the you're fair right. answer yeah. is you love gamay. Yes. And it goes which with is a everything. Great one. It goes with everything. Burritos have a little heft a, to it. So the gamay could hold up and you love burritos. Yeah, I do love so burritos. There, what was so hard about that question? Because I always want to say something that's not, I don't know. I, 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 it's one of those. You did. I know. Okay, right? oh, gamay and burritos. It is. This is our thirty-fifth show. Nobody's ever said that. Perfect. Okay? Are you happy? Yes. And no. I'm gonna lay down. I just didn't fair wanna... money. Nobody does. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this. I ask our listeners, and a lot of people are based in New York because we're in New York. But I want mm. you to do the LA edition and anything else that you think is important. Okay. Your favorite wine restaurant and/or bar. A restaurant or wine bar where the service, the selection, the people. Um, are just impressive. Yeah, I love um, Bar Bandini is like my home What's spot. What's it called? Bar Bandini. Bar Bandini, B-A-N-D-I-N-I? Yep, that place. In L.A.? In Los Angeles. It's in okay. Echo Park, and I love it there. That's like my home base, kind of, I feel like. Um, I also love Elf Cafe, which is actually weirdly across the street from there, but they have an incredible wine list, and they do all vegetarian, like Mediterranean food, so the okay. natural wine just really goes well with it. And... Um, where else? And then Botanica that just opened in Silver Lake is incredible. Is they that a, that huge space, or am I mixing that up with Republic or something? Oh no, no, no. yeah, that's Republic. Republic. I, they're, they're a crazy. Open yeah, space. that's a crazy open okay. space. I don't had. I don't leave the east side very often. I'm like, no. Now, <laughs> do snobby. you have a favorite outside of LA? From traveling or New York, you don't have to. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I love um, I love Bar Brutal in, in Barcelona, which okay. I, I think is like a fa- like a great a fa- food and wine. Yeah, town. fantastic. They have these oysters there that are like just incredible. They're like called ceviche oysters. They have mm. them like a little spice in them. Oh my gosh, they're so good. Mm. And um, yeah, that'd be probably my favorite okay. my favorite spot outside of. All right. Do you have a favorite all time wine? Yes. Like a birth wine, something that resonated, got you to it, first time you got laid, you know, one of those wines. You know <laughs> yeah, what I'm yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I know exactly what you're saying. I guess um, if I could have, that would be like my, it's like the Foyard Cote de P. P-Y. P-Y, yeah. The, that more. I know, yeah, I know. I, so pretty, pretty simple wine. I mean, yeah, not an expensive wine, accessible. Yeah, it's a Morgan. It's, it's so beautiful. So let's talk. So Foyard, F-O-I-L-L-A-R-D, yes. is the maker. Yes. It's from, from Beaujolais. Beaujolais, which is a part of Burgundy. Yep. And he makes a Morgon, which is M O R G O N. Yep, and that's like one of the ten crews of Beaujolais. Right. It's a it's a bit of a heavier wine for a Beaujolais. And you like the heaviness? I don't. It's not so much that I like the heaviness, but I just find that to be an extremely elegant, okay, elegant wine. And the Cote du Pie. Yep, Cote Pie? du Pie. Du Pie. It's. I always want to say pie because it's P Y, and everyone's like, it's P, dude. Okay. I'm like, all right, so I think you can answer this question, and it's hard for people sometimes, because I think you're out there. Not <laughs> you're out there. I'm definitely out there. But it's you're fine. out there. I always ask my guests, best wine around 15 bucks retail. Yeah. My oldest kid's going to a dinner party. He's coming to your house. He wants to bring some good wine. Doesn't have a ton of money. Doesn't yeah. want to bring shit. Give me a red. Give me a white. 
Keep it in that 15-ish yeah. under 20. I would say probably off the top of my head, the La Boutanche line from Selection Massage. Selection Massage. Yeah, that's great because I think it's about, I think it may be 18 now, but it's 18 bucks. And that's in the That's, that's in, in the range. range. Yeah, and they're But they're, they're making leader. multiple. Yeah, and they right. have they have whites and reds and rosés, and now they have a sparkling um, as well in that same line, and they're all under 20 bucks, and um, a lot of them come in liters, so it's like a great deal. Um, and then also, I guess, you know what, and you know what I love? Like, I, I love Vino, Vino Verde, you know, like you can get a Vino great, Verde is, is a white wine as a from, slightly sparkling white wine from Spain. Right. And it's, um, it's, you can get a great bottle of that not, for 10 Not bucks. sweet, right? No, not sweet. But the acidity, the, acidity, the attack yeah. is right there. Oh right? yeah. And it's, it does, have, it's slightly effervescent and you can get a great bottle of it for 10 bucks. It's, why one, do you like that? You just like the liveliness and yeah, freshness. It's fun. And, it's so, it, I, I love like really high acid wines. Like I'm kind of an acid freak. Um, so yeah, that, in those ones. So last question, we'll throw it in. So based on that favorite wine region is there a region that's producing um you, you mean, know you can't say france i mean no, is I it jura is it loire i mean are um, you finding that are you talking about now or just like in all of time like what's my favorite region no now i think for na- right now like i'm really I'm, I'm loving a lot of wines from abruzzo italy i think they're doing like a lot of really cool natural stuff um in italy right now that isn't is being overlooked currently give me a favorite um, my favorite would have to be uh, Vini Robosco. Um, is just I, that's like one of my I love that wine. What's just, the grape? Um, Montepulciano. It is Montepulciano. Yeah, the, okay. the, they, and then they have a rosso, like a straight red, and then they also have a rosato. That's and amazing. Robosco is the maker. Yes. And give me a price range. That's like under. I think it's like it's under thirty. Oh, it's okay. like in the twenties. It's still not. So it's, it's a great value. Yeah, it's a great value. I right. think. So you passed with. Uh, High colors. Thank you. Okay? I did it. And you gave us some interesting tips, which is really the point of all of that. Some very cool ones. All right. The last segment of the show is our weekly wine sip. Every week, we taste a different wine on air. For our weekly wine sip this week, we're going to pop a pet nat Uh-oh. to celebrate Marissa's book. Uh-oh. I handpicked it. We'll taste... The 2016 oh, Cruise Wine Sparkling Valdegay from Rancho Chimiles. Oh, my gosh. This is one of my favorite okay? wines. Okay. So I'm going to – Gwyneth is going to help me. You're going to tell us a little about this wine while you get that oh. opener over there and we pour it for everyone. Oh, I'm so excited. So um, this wine um, is a petulant natural. So Which is what? That means that okay, so most sparkling wines go through two fermentations, um, and what they, yeah, like champagne or prosecco, and with pet because they add they go through first alcoholic fermentation and then they do a second fermentation where they add extra sugar and yeast to create the carbonation. But with a petulant natural, uh, what they do is they take the first fermentation and they bottle it halfway through, so that way it creates natural bubbles and there's no second fermentation or added yeast or anything like that. Um, this particular bottle is made by Michael Cruz, who's one of my favorite winemakers. Um, and it's a really special bottle because Valdiguier was a wine. Valdiguier? I don't know. Who knows? You're asking. I, 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 I'm like known for pronouncing things wrong. Like Me I'm the too. worst. So that's why I did a show so I could pronounce <laughs> everything wrong all the time. Exactly. Um, that's my next book: pronouncing yeah, yeah. everything wrong all the time. Um, so Valdiguier um, was a grape that was 
very prevalent in uh, California up until the 70s um, when Cabernet... It's called Napagame. It's called Napagame, yeah, yeah. Because it's so like light and um, refreshing. It can't be made to a bit riper, kind of bigger wine. But so um, they ripped they ripped out like 70% of it for Cabernet, which I think is a huge mistake. Which made your dad happy. Oh my God, my dad was so stoked. <laughs> um, so this, this wine... And, and, my, and Michael Cruz is an extremely special winemaker. He was a biochemist, and he's revolutionized California sparkling wine. California sparkling wine was, like, renowned as shit, and that's fine because most and of it is. a handful of makers. It's not like there were, like, you know, tons of them. No, yeah. And so Michael Cruz, not only does he make um, this, this pet nat. He's crazy with varietals. He has crazy you know, he's varietals. he's not right, which is something he, cool. I know, he has a St. Laurent. Pet right. Nat, which Do you I, like this one better? I like or the this other? one better. That's why I brought this one. I know. I, I I'm like thought. so happy. I saw the bottle and I was like, I wonder if it's. I mean, I still love the Saint Laurent. But and now, what's really cool is that Cruz is helping a lot of California winemakers do sparkling wines as well. And it's, you mentioned his other project earlier, yes, and which is, is separate from the Cruz Wine Company. Yes, and this once fermented Pet Nat, which is ultramarine. Yes, ultramarine is um, in Champagne method. Um, but it's amazing, and he's you know he's like helped with uh, Scribe and um, right. some other some other big producers and or you know natural low intervention producers in right. California, um, and he's just an, an all around great dude. I, I'm so kind of this, obsessed with him. This wine <laughs> has a few days of carbonic maceration, mm. and then I think he puts oh, it I in concrete. All right, so wait, we should cheers because well, I'm here's what we're gonna do. All right, <laughs> do you have a glass, Gwyneth? Yeah. Yes. All right, so we're gonna. First, look at the color. It's a beautiful color. How do you describe that? Oh, man. So I would describe this as if, like, you take, if you took a sour. This is why I brought Marissa in. Wait till you hear this. You're going to have an orgasm. (laughs) All right. So if I could describe how this looks anyway, it'd be like if you took a Sour Patch Kid and, like, took off most of the the sour stuff and it only had a couple freckles of sour salt on it and then you stretched it out and took it up to the sun so it was kind of translucent that's what it looks like a red sour patch kit like a strawberry or a cherry yeah exactly so it's got like a pale pinkish red with beautiful small medium bubbles yep so visually it's a gorgeous color with a nice little fizz it's so pretty all right let's let's do the nose all right Mm. I'm getting a lot of red fruits, but I want you to take it from here. So I'm getting a lot of... And you have a highly trained nose. Yeah, this is... I do. Yeah, I have, a, I have like a highly long nose is what I have. Um, Go ahead. So for me, this kind of... And it's going to kind of tie into the Sour Patch Kid thing again, um, which I accidentally kind of always do. Um, but for me, this is like a lot of cranberries, a little bit of strawberries, and then also that like if, if you took all that sour powder that's at the bottom right. of the sour patch, it has like a bit of a, a dusty, salty, sour smell to it. Um, I agree with you. At first, when I drank it, there was a little raspberry, but I don't get it in this one. I get strawberry. I get that tartness yeah. of cranberries. Yeah. I like that. And that little sort of sour note. Exactly. Um, also, like... Yeah, just like a little bit of a... Yeah, red fruits and like ocean breeze. Yes. All right, let's throw it over the tongue now, (laughs) and we'll do a palate analysis, okay? All right. I want to start with mouthfeel first. Mm. So good. Oh, it's so good. It's so sudsy. It's Mm. like, it's not aggressive. It's just like really... So when you drink a sparkling wine, there's bubbles. Your first (laughs) reaction was sudsy. 
Yeah. So what's the difference between sudsy and other? The bubbles are gathered. Do they foam yeah. up in your mouth? They kind of foam up in your mouth and sort of feel like you're having like a... Like they don't aspire to be champagne bubbles because no, it's no, no. a once fermented. Yeah. So there's sudsy, which is not soapy, sudsy. Not soapy. Okay. It's so the sudsy. mouth feel is sudsy. Do it's, we look at... Pet gnats and say medium, light, heavy. I mean, do you ever like? Yeah, do- sometimes. I mean, for me, this feels like a medium bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not aggressive, but it's definitely there. Um, but also, I just I love how um, it reminds me of like you know the kind of bubbles that you would have like in a really good bubble bath, like the kind of bubble bath you dream about but you never actually get. That's the kind of sudsiness yes. of it. Like it, yeah. Mm. All right, so now let's talk about the palate. I would think. A lot of what we get on the nose may translate to the palate, but let's see what else. So what do you get on the palate? Lots. To me, I'm getting more, I am getting some more raspberry notes, but for me personally, it's... So wait, you're picking raspberry up on the palate that you didn't necessarily get on. Yes, yes. For me, the palate on this is, hold on, I need another sip. I need more of my glass. I know. I was like trying to be like courteous, and now I'm like, no, ah. no, no, no. This is you. I love it. Um, to me, this is still like a lot of cr- like really cr- crunchy cranberry. It, it, it's like if you took a really crunchy cranberry and rolled it around within like some raspberry and strawberry um, sea salt. If that's a thing. No, I agree. <laughs> the mid palate, like up on the top of my mouth, oh, man. the cranberries are there. That yeah. darkness is there. Not necessarily on the top. I love it. And it has like a really cool, f- I like the finish on this wine because it's, it's great it, it hangs out in your mid, that acidity hangs out in I your mid I was just going to say the acidity is good, right? The I acidity mean, is incredible. Right. It's not too light and it's not overbearing. It, it attacks you in the right way. Oh, the, in the front? The front when you first have it and it just like, it, it feels like in a, like it feels... It feels like in a really a the, go ahead the, spit it, feels it out. Like a really aggressive like kiss on the front end of your tongue, like you just go. like someone just like like just someone you know when someone just like plants one on you, yep. and you don't expect it, but you're like that felt great. That's what it feels like it's doing to the tip of your tongue, but not a French kiss, but just you know, right? I, I, an enthusiastic <laughs> kiss. Yeah, like oh I, my god, I have to kiss you. So we got to wrap up soon. What would what? you pair this with? Um, I would pair this with. Um, I have some ideas, but I want to hear from you. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to have this with some sort of potato chip, even though I know that's like okay. that's like a pretty quintessential like champagne so, and potato chip sort bowl of bowl of potato chips, oh, salty. Yeah. This will cut through. Yeah, exactly. Now give me a food, food, a food. food. I'm like, what are you talking about? Potato chips aren't. Food? No, no, I totally get that. <laughs> I'm, I'm but you know, you. we're not. I'm teasing you. I would love this also with um, like a a really thin um, wood fired pizza. Like Perfect. something with like a really nice, like just real simple, Could like margarita. Up to the char, the sauce. And yes, all that. exactly. And especially if the tomato was a little, like if this tomato sauce was like a little bit sweeter, I think that this would be very right. nice. With some basil. Mm, yeah. All right. So do we like this wine or do we love this wine? I love this wine. Uh, I love it too. And I am glad to drink it with you. It's more fun drinking it with you. Oh, I'm so glad. Than just cracking it open. Even though I have like another 12 on myself. Oh, you're so lucky. Yeah, I'm like, uh, give me some of those because I have to like beg, bi- like, I was going to say beg, bite in borrow. But you that's know what's uh, funny? <laughs> I ordered wine and they, I, if they hear this, maybe they'll yell at me. They sent me more wine than I ordered, and they sent me, like, an open-L knife. Oh, really? I'm like, I guess, you know. I'm, well, I think, was, who did you order it from? Michael. Not Michael Cruz. The other Michael. 
Who's the other Michael? He works at the oh, he, winery. I don't. I don't know this other Michael, but well. yeah. But I hope he doesn't make me send it back. All right, Marissa, <laughs> we got to wrap up. Aww. And I need you to help me give me some information. We're not gonna. Oh. You're not gonna Ross test it. We're, we're gonna Ross test it for pictures. Oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. Right. I feel like I'm like burping on. No, I'm, like, no, no. I'm sorry. You're gonna all right, we're gonna out. wrap right, up because right, right. we got to get out. I told you it'd be hard to get everything no. in and out. All right. If you have a question, a wine happening, or event, hit me up at sam at thegrapenation dot com. That's sam at thegrapenation. Follow us on Facebook at the Grape Nation. We're going to post Marissa's wine list answers, which are great, and we're going to post info on our weekly wine sip, which we just tasted. Follow The Grape Nation on Instagram at SBenRuby. That's where we hashtag The Grape Nation. Twitter at BenRuby. And we just put our new website up, www.thegrapenation.com. Chock full of show info and guests, Marissa's wine list, pictures of her, all that <laughs> Not other in my stuff. underwear. Now, Marissa, where can we find you? Two questions, Jack. Where can we find you on social media? And then let's talk about where we can get the book. Cool. Um, finding me on social media is pretty easy. It's just Marissa A. Ross. Remember um, the A. Got to remember the A. because at Marissa A. Ross. Twitter uh, at Marissa A. Ross. Yep. Instagram. Yep, for sure. Any Facebook? No. I don't really do that. I it's, do a Grape Nation. I should page. probably start doing it, but I get so angry. I'm you know, surprised Gwyneth here to make you launch a I have one. I just, book page. Well, you know how political I get. So it's. I try I know, to just I get know, away. From, I try to get. I just stay away as far, as far away from Facebook as possible because I don't want to get disowned by my family. Good again. for you. Now, the uh, book, I'm assuming you can go on Amazon. Yes, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it at yeah. Barnes & Noble. Booksellers. You can, yeah, you can get it. I mean, hopefully. I mean, <laughs> it just came out. So I right. guess we'll see. Hopefully they're in brick we, and mortar. We taped the show on Tuesday. The show will run Wednesday. The book is being released this week. Marissa's actually going to be at the Strand Bookstore, which is the coolest bookstore in New York. <laughs> But from this point on, go on to Amazon or go yeah, to Barnes your bookseller. Book. Or Powell's, wherever you want to buy um, books. Right. Wherever you buy the books, that's where you can get right. my book. I even saw it on Target recently. There and I was go. like, wow, who knew? All right, I didn't. So good luck on the book. I Thank wish you. you only success and that you sell a lot of books. Thank you. And Thank you for having me. We're not going to leave here without you signing my book and us doing a Ross test. Amazing. But I want to thank our guest, Marissa Ross, author of the new book. This is the entire whole title. Wine All the Time. Oh, I forgot. What was it? A Casual Guide to Confident Drinking. Come on, Sam. There you go. I forgot to put that part. <laughs> so wine all the time. We told you where you can get it. Um, thank you to our engineer, Vitor, and thank you to everyone at the Heritage Radio Network. Don't forget, it's our summer fundraising drive, so go to heritageradionetwork.org backslash donate. Skip maybe one bottle this week <laughs> or a glass of wine at the bar and send us a little moolah so that you can help us. And maybe we'll save you from getting a hangover. I'm <laughs> Sam Ben Ruby, and you've been listening to The Grape Nation. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. 
Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.